You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. That's right. I'm Dave Rubenstein, and this is the weekly What the Dev podcast from SD Times. You know, many of the conversations we've been having these days revolve around security, as the numerous ransomware attacks and data breaches have focused new energy on the subject. So uh, here's a quick aside. About 10 years ago, BZ Media, uh, the company that created SD Times, launched a conference called S3, the Software Security Summit. And you know what? No one showed up. Security just wasn't top of mind at the time, I guess. So uh, anyway, the growing number of these uh, ransomware attacks and data breaches uh, certainly have changed that tune, and now everybody's worried about security. So today I'm with Clint Dovalock. He's a developer and a zero-trust evangelist at a company called NetFoundry, and uh, here's our conversation. Uh, I wanted to ask you about NetFoundry and uh, how long that's been around and what uh, what you guys have focused on. Yeah, sure. Uh, NetFoundry is a company that is focused around providing secure access to applications. So uh, it's a company that's been around for about three, four years now. I don't know the exact amount of time, mm-hmm. but uh, I've, I've worked here for three years and it's been around since before me. So we'll say it's at least three years old. And uh, NetFoundry is building networks, zero trust networks using an open source project that's called OpenZD, which mm-hmm. is uh, available on GitHub. You can go find it. And so the basic idea is it's an open core model, meaning NetFoundry will sell you a product that is a uh, a NetFoundry zero trust overlay network powered by OpenZD. So OpenZD is the project that's free and open source, and NetFoundry is the SaaS offering that you can get around it. Mm-hmm. And why uh, OpenZD? OpenZD is actually uh, pretty novel, in my opinion. It's built for developers by developers, the same old tried, tried and true trope you've heard numerous mm-hmm. times. But yeah. realistically, um, if you look into the internet and you look at security and you look at ransomware and you look at all the things that are out there nowadays, one of the terms you're going to hear is zero trust. Zero trust is a term that has been used and abused by lots and lots of vendors um, and or other projects. But one of the things that OpenZD does that is truly novel, I haven't seen uh, anybody else do this just yet, is OpenZD is built around the idea of taking those zero trust networking principles of strong identity, authorized before connect, and putting them into your application itself, as opposed to leaving that um, that sort of security layer to your network. All too often, people use and and secure their networks as opposed to securing their applications itself. That's really what sets OpenZD apart from pretty, pretty much anything. And mm-hmm. so if you're a developer and you wanna make a, a C application or Go or Java or you, you, know, you name it, you can make your client-side application, you can make your server-side application, and you can have a secure pipe from your client to your server with no listening ports. And that's really the big part because in a zero trust network authorized before connect, that horizontal movement is really, uh, it's the downfall of lots of networks. That's mm-hmm. how ransomware propagates is through open ports. Right. With an open ZD network, there's not a single open port. That's mm-hmm. really cool. So as you said that uh, everybody and their mother claims to have some sort of zero trust offering, but I think there still might be a little 
uh, misunderstanding uh, in the industry of exactly what zero trust means. So maybe you can uh, dive into that a bit. Oh, there absolutely is. In fact, um, if any of your listeners have read my Reddit post on the topic, there's a great Reddit post I did where I got flamed quite a bit because of the apparent oxymoron of zero trust and bootstrapping trust. How can you claim to have zero trust when you are clearly trusting something, right? And so it is a, is very much a, a misnomer that people just don't quite understand yet, because even though it's everywhere and, and everybody and their mother, as you said, has a zero trust offering, very, very few people have taken the time to actually dig into what it means. Really what it means is uh, it comes from, I think 10 or 15 years ago, um, somebody at Gartner coined the term, and then Google created this thing called Beyond Corp. And the whole idea is just don't trust your network. There are no such things as a network which is secure, which is trustworthy. Every network is should be considered compromised. And so if you start from that perspective, that you can't even trust your network, you start doing interesting things. Like you'll have TLS everywhere. Most places use TLS, but not mutual TLS, meaning um, the client must provide a certificate to a connection endpoint, and that connection endpoint will also provide a certificate back again. So mutual TLS is a, a, a pretty important facet of a zero trust overlay network. You do not allow connections which aren't actually authorized. So that's really kind of in a nutshell what zero trust is all about. OpenZD provides a whole bunch of other stuff around that policy-based authentication, continual authentication. But like when it comes down to zero trust, really it means don't trust your network. Consider every network hostile, including the network that you're on right now. Your home network, and as you you know, every IoT device out there, people are really worried about IoT devices because you know it's hard to upgrade them. They don't get they don't get the love. They might go out of service, and then you you know you you might have a botnet running right at home and never know it. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's interesting. So uh, one thing that I wanted to uh, get into uh, with you a bit is. Um, talking about uh, open source projects in general, obviously they all have mascots. And uh, does OpenZD does does OpenZD uh, have a mascot? All the good ones have mascots. That's right. Yes, we actually do have a mascot. His name is OpenZiggy. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, he's also used in lots of our marketing materials that you see from the OpenZD project. Uh, for example, I will do presentations focusing on OpenZD, and I will bring Ziggy into every conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go out to GitHub, you can actually go to the OpenZD slash branding project and see you know you can find all the little ziggies that you want out there we got a whole bunch of them and a whole bunch of different outfits like um we have them on the beach we have a chef ziggy <laughs> uh, we have all kinds of things like that so for example one of our uh, you know lots of people will have a incubator project well we have a test kitchen the open ZD test kitchen yeah. and in in that test kitchen is ziggy with a cute little chef hat on mm-hmm. right so uh, yeah, go go check Ziggy out on Twitter. Uh, he can be snarky sometimes, um, and uh, he likes to retweet a lot of CVEs that are just really important. So I don't know if you're familiar with CVS CVSS scoring, but one of the or two of the features of a CVSS score are actually: is it attackable over the network? And if it's attackable over the network, do you need no permissions? And that's a really, really big deal. Because if you can attack it over the network and you need no permissions, well, then you know you have a pretty vulnerable application. Right. Recently, there have been a, quite a few of those, like Log4J uh, has Log4Shell, and Spring had the Spring for Shell, I think is what it was called. So yes, we have a we have a to go back to the mascot. Yes, uh, Ziggy's our mascot. 
So, yeah, I wish this was uh, not a podcast, but actually something visual where we could see Ziggy, uh, the mascot. Um, but if he's actually Ziggy and twirly and stuff, is he actually ZD? Wouldn't uh, perhaps he be more like an uh, uh, open rigatoni project or something? Well, well, so, you know, we have the whole zero trust and zero trust. While ZD is not necessarily exactly zero trust, it, you can see you can see it fit in there. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, he, he is uh the project is open ZD, but he is just called Ziggy because we didn't want to tie him to pasta. Although if you look at him, you'll you'll pretty much see he's trying to be a piece of pasta. Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. Um yeah, and we also have him in lots of your favorite languages. So like if you want Ziggy in a Python shirt, he's got a Python shirt, he's got a Java shirt, he's got a Golang shirt, a C shirt, you know, we got him in a bunch of different outfits. Right. Right. Now, this is interesting. One other thing about this project that I think is is really kind of interesting is that as part of the whole DevOps and shifting everything left movement, here we are taking something that developers really hadn't ever really had to think about, which was networking, and now kind of putting it into their hands to make sure that their own applications remain secure. Well, uh, yeah, you know, actually, this is an interesting topic because I would argue that developers have always thought about it. Like I, I was talking to a, a fella named Philip who is uh, on our business development team. And um, he had said something similar. And I said, no, that's not true. Developers absolutely want to make their applications secure. We absolutely worry about the network. The problem is oftentimes security is an afterthought. It is what Security is not a feature. People don't think of security as a feature. It's like, the network, it just needs to be there. And we're starting to realize now that security absolutely is a feature. So when it comes to taking an SDK and just including it in my app, you mean I can just take an SDK and stuff it in my app and I get all this zero trust network connectivity and I don't have to do not anything but much. I don't have to do much. Like that sounds great. That's the reason why I use uh, log libraries. That's the reason why I use a REST library, right? So we're just taking that exact same paradigm and turning it into a security library. Now, we don't roll our own crypto, right? That's a classic trope. You don't do that either. But we do use all of the uh, pre-built stuff. Like, um, for example, with an open ZD SDK, you get end-to-end encryption on your tunnel, uh, on your connection for free. And that's through ChaCha 20, ChaCha 20 Poly 1305, I think. Uh, it's through Libsodium is what we'll use for that. Um, so you, you get that sort of uh, uh, feature set by just taking that SDK and putting it into your app. So I, d- I do think that developers have always cared about this. It's just has, has always taken a backseat to, you know, the login page mm. or whatever feature it might have been. Right. And uh, it was there also an issue of them never really having access to those types of things before? Well, I can tell you from experience that it is very confusing when you go to deploy an application in production, you think you're listening on one IP address and on one port, and yet the uh, the person who deployed it has put a firewall in front that has natted that IP to some other IP and some other port number. And now all of a sudden, nobody can connect to your application because it's not you who deployed it, right? right. So with, with a zero trust network, with a programmable network like OpenZD, um, the developer himself or herself can absolutely program the network. It's basically, com- what it comes down to is you, you are authorizing identities to access services. And you are, you are also authorizing identities to host services. So 
you would have to make an HTTP server identity, and now that's your server. And that thing, it can bind a service. And then you would make your clients, and you would give them an attribute that says, these are HTTP clients. And all you do is you make an, an, an identity with an attribute that says HTTP clients, and li literally like magic, your HTTP client can talk to your HTTP server. And so uh, now the developer, now you, you know, talk about shifting left. Now the developer has all that power to actually do that. They just need to be able to uh, modify their network because it's their network, right? They're going to have this access to this network through an API and they can provision identities. They can turn identities on and off. Uh, they can add routers if they need to add routers. They can do all the all that sort of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Clint uh, Dovalot from uh, NetFoundry. Thanks so much for your time today and being with us. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been great to be here. And if you think this sounds really cool, I would love it if you went out to GitHub slash OpenZD slash ZD and gave us a star because uh, we're trying to get the word out to other developers that this thing is out there and can make their lives a lot easier and their apps more secure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so give it a star, everyone. Uh, until next time, I'm Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of SD Times. So long for now.